0: hello and welcome back to the holistically awakened podcast my name is laurence Inez. i am a holistic nutritionist a health coach and a life coach and before we get into this episode just want to remind you guys that i do have three current spots open for my beta program for the elevate you holistic 12-week online program and this is all about addressing the mental, the spiritual, the physical, and the emotional imbalances that are going on and that are causing you to manifest these symptoms and struggle. And so from my journey with PCOS, I thought, you know, I was going to find a supplement. I was going to find the next diet or the perfect workout to do. And then I would feel better. I would cure my PCOS, but that didn't happen. As many of you probably know, and you've probably experienced, and this is where i had to really dig deep into what was going on for me and heal on different levels it wasn't just one supplement or one diet and in fact those were like the least significant things that really contributed to my healing and this is what i teach you in elevate you so my intimate 12-week program is where i teach you everything that i've learned using holistic healing this covers lifestyle changes using nutrition, supplements where needed, mindfulness, movement, rewiring the brain using techniques like NLP, emotional regulations, conscious reprogramming, so that we're actually really working on all of the different layers and we can actually find true healing. And the point is really to help you understand what is going on in your body and with PCOS And what are the steps to take to actually make this a sustainable change for you because pcos is for life but it doesn't have to be a struggle for life and that's the main takeaway that i really want to give people is that it doesn't have to be a struggle for life so if you want real transformation before the end of the year not just on a physical level but emotionally and mentally as well this is the program for you if you're ready to do the work i would love to hear from you application is in the show notes you can also check out some more information on the program and experience with other ladies and just to let you know this is a beta program round so meaning there is a significant discount and this will be starting in november so three spots left if you feel called to this please reach out send me a message on instagram my email or you can apply through the link in my bio So today's episode is with Amanda Castellone and she is a self-love coach and breathwork facilitator who helps people free themselves from anxiety, self-doubt and perfectionism. She's passionate about helping people get out of their minds and into their bodies so that they can tap into their innate wisdom and remember how to feel. Amanda's work is based on her core belief. You are not broken and there's nothing to fix. She helps her clients move through fear-based thought and behavior patterns so that they can live a life they love and are proud of welcome amanda to the holistically awakened podcast
1: thank you so much for having me this is so exciting
0: it is because we have a very important topic we're going to be discussing today that i think everybody on the planet experiences or has experienced at least (laughs) at one point and that's anxiety (laughs) and so obviously now this is becoming more of an issue as we see you know anxiety depression become you know more prevalent Um, and so it's really important to understand what this is, you know, how it comes about and how we can manage this so that it doesn't, you know, take over our lives. So I'd love for you to first maybe tell us, um, what is, what is anxiety? Let's start there. Like, what is anxiety in your opinion?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I agree. This is like the, one of the most prevalent and important topics right now we're approaching an election, which has a lot of people (laughs) a little bit anxious and just the state of the world. So, um, I'm really happy we're doing this. But to me, I think I have a different definition of what anxiety is than probably most people. And um, that is, it's a cocktail of sensations in the body. And what I mean by that is that like, yes, of course, it's the persistent and constant worry about the everyday situations that really gets in the way of our everyday lives. But I don't find that to be particularly helpful. I think it's much more um, helpful to know that, what's going on in the body when we have anxiety and we can all relate to what that means. So of course we might have a racing mind. Um, and that's one of the, often the, the first things that we'll notice, but then if we take a look deeper for somebody, anxiety might show up as a, a rapid heartbeat and a tight jaw and um, a pit in their stomach or something like that. And so I find it to be particularly helpful with both me and my clients to figure out what, how it actually shows up. In, in our individual bodies. And um, the other thing I'll say is that anxiety, as I mentioned, comes from the brain. It comes from thinking and the root of it is fear. Yeah. And so it's really helpful to understand that when we have anxiety, there is something deeper that we are fearful of. And um, we then decide that it's not okay to feel fear. And so then we resist feeling that feeling, and then the mind starts to kind of go into a spiral.
0: Mm, so much to dig into here. So in terms of your own relationship with anxiety, how, what does that look like? And I'm guessing it has evolved, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And so much so that I'll say that I think I've had it my entire life, or I've experienced it um, my whole life, but I just never really knew. And the first time that I kind of realized like oh this is that's what's happening here was about five years ago after moving to California from Buffalo New York um, I was working in a job and it was fine (laughs) but I just had this like deep 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 knowing and feeling in my gut that I was meant for so much more but I had no idea what that was and not knowing it was the only thing I could think about and so waking up every morning I was just like dreading my life and Um, I had my first panic attack, which I know isn't always the same. It's not the same thing as anxiety, but it led anxiety led to this kind of expression of it. And, um, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a lot more intense than I had thought it was. I just thought I had a little bit of stress. Um, and so I'm sitting on the floor in my living room and, um, having quite an episode and never really felt anything like that before. And it's pretty scary. Um experience I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack but it's it come it came like kind of out of nowhere which I find a lot of people say um and yeah it was pretty intense
0: yeah I feel you on that I've definitely experienced that as well and it's not fun it can be really frightening and so what what where did you go from there like how did you move on from that
1: yeah I mean um I guess fast forward. Uh, I I started to it, it, what I what I realized about that time was that it was what one of my coaches says is uh, was transformational friction, and it really propelled me into finding my path. I think a lot sooner than perhaps I would have if I didn't have that experience. And so then I just started to explore um, different avenues, and that ultimately led me to where I am today. And so then now as a coach, I. Of course, I still experience sensations of anxiety, but I, am, I know how to, how to manage them. And um, it's almost like I, I'm now in the place where I, when I know it's coming on, I can stop in, myself in my tracks. Or if I let it get to like the out-of-control place, I know what to do to take myself, get, pull myself back from the edge, so to speak. We're
0: definitely going to talk about some of those things that we can do because I definitely want to give the listeners some tools to go away with um but what does what can anxiety kind of look like on a spectrum because obviously there are different levels like we can look at you know panic attacks and things like that but what can it look like because maybe somebody doesn't even Mm -hmm. know that they do have anxiety right
1: right for sure and so if we kind of take it back to the the definition um, of like a, a mixture cocktail of sensations in the body, then it can look totally different for everyone, like you're saying. And yes, I think that certain people or even at just certain times of our lives or certain situations will create a different intensity of those sensations. So for somebody, anxiety could just be, um, you know, a, a low level, almost, I almost like think of it as like a hum, like a low level vibration of something just not feeling quite right and then in other situations it could be you know, the whole the whole entire mix of like a pit in your stomach you can't think about anything else your your mind is looping and going kind of crazy um, and your heart is racing so it has it does it has a it, it, there's definitely a spectrum it can look different for everyone and even even if you have like something that that's like cocktail that's your your unique cocktail sometimes it can change from from whatever uh, situation you're having anxiety about. So a lot of times people will ha- that I work with love anxiety about money or career or relationships or their body. And, and based on that kind of like topic or area of life, the sensations can be different because we're hitting on emotions in the body that are related to those specific kind of situations or, or things. So I know that was a lot. Um, but yeah, it's just to say that there's it's, it's a, it's very unique, is as unique as we are, anxiety is to people.
0: Mm, And it's, it's interesting to see, like, how some people are going to be reacting to different things, like, as you said, relationships, stress, whatever, or even things that we don't really think about, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. For me, if I'm outside and it's summer, like, and there's a wasp anywhere in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, the area, then I have extreme anxiety. Whereas somebody else, like, they don't care at all. Like, there's no anxiety at yeah. all. <laughs> so it's very good to be very specific. And again, it's from, I believe, the story that we have in our head around it as well, because we have, as you mentioned, it's from fear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to talk Which, a little bit.
1: Actually, just just to say, because that was a really good example and makes it, it perfect. Like in that situation. There is actually a real threat and, and like a real cause of fear if maybe like you are, you're really afraid of wasps, right? So that is a situation where the fear is kind of valid. But for most people every day, we're having this fear of something that hasn't even happened yet because anxiety is a dis-ease of the future. It's from future thinking and future tripping. And so we're thinking about something that hasn't happened yet. And so there's no real threat. But obviously, if like there's a snake, a rattlesnake in front of you, or a spider, or if you're really afraid, or a wasp, and there's fear, well, then the anxiety is valid. But then what happens is the anxiety goes away when that that like um, trigger goes away.
0: Mm, totally, I love that you mentioned that because it's also what I also work with my clients in terms of like you know obviously stress affects everything, including health, mm-hmm. so like hormones and everything. Um, but a lot of the stuff we're stressing about is perceived, myself included, yeah. and it's never actually going to become a reality which is quite crazy that most of the thoughts that we're having around stress or you know like the anxiety that's coming up is actually about things that will actually never happen so right. that's where you know um working with our thoughts and rewriting them can be really helpful but it's interesting because i've been reading a book called the letting go and he talks about stress resulting from just reading this right now the accumulated pressure of our repressed and suppressed feelings uh, basically, yeah. because we're, you know, we're basically keeping everything inside of ourselves. And when we have this pressure, it needs to seek relief, right? And so mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the time, if a lot of people have these, you know, suppressed feelings, emotions, all of these things that we have just kept internally, and we haven't released them and processed them, then that type of person will usually experience more anxiety than somebody else. Do you relate
1: with I, that at all? 100%. I'm really glad that you said that because I was going to bring up the same thing. Awesome. This, <laughs> is like, this is like the meat of what I teach and what I do is feeling the feelings in the body because I, I really do believe that that is where anxiety comes from. Um, and, and I think that the people who are more prone to anxiety, like you said, are the people who do not spend time inside feeling feelings. And, the, and a lot of us think that we're feeling our feelings, but we're actually thinking about we feel so for example if we're angry it's like oh my god i can't believe he said that i can't believe that that person did that and oh my god i'm so pissed and we we that we're only living we're only experiencing anything in the mind feeling happens in the body and that's why um when we don't when we don't actually get into those sensations that's why i say that anxiety anxiety is a cocktail of sensations in the body and those sensations are energy but when we don't actually feel what's there, then yeah, we're we're going to be so much more prone to anxiety, and anxiety is. Um, I mean, we're going to be so much more prone to pretty much everything because anything that is trapped in the body can create that can manifest physically, and mm-hmm. then of course it's manifesting mentally because um, we're ex- experience that every day. But then it's emotionally, it's in every kind of every plane when we're not fully allowing ourselves to feel, and the reason that we're not allowing ourselves to feel is because we're afraid and so then that starts the whole anxiety cycle kind of over again because the root of anxiety is fear (laughs)
0: 100 percent. and so for i I hear this a lot and this is actually also something that i used to say a lot like i'm just an anxious person i'm just anxiety prone Mm -hmm. that kind of thing so it sounds like this type of person just i guess doesn't really look at their feelings and doesn't really feel it right like the person who is more anxiety prone would that be what you would say Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, I I think there's a couple of things here, but yes, they're, they're not really like paying attention to themselves. They're not paying attention to their bodies. They're living from their mind. And a lot of, that's a lot of people in the world. Um, that's probably the majority of people and we're, yeah, our minds are intelligent and of course we need them and they're very useful, but our bodies are infinitely more intelligent and, when we can start to get out of the head and into the body more often, that's one of the biggest differences made. And it's, and I have clients who will come to me who are like, well, when I have anxiety, like I can kind of like, I'll take some deep breaths, which is like a very great tool. I teach breath work and obviously I stand behind that wholeheartedly, but the reason the, the biggest difference we're going to make in, in shifting this is regularly spending time inside the body. So yes, people who are, um, not taking time to feel is, is one person or like the type of people that are more prone to anxiety. But then there's also, uh, people who, like you said, identify basically as anxiety. And so Mm. the mindset of this is really important. Words are really powerful. And so I would give to you, to anybody who's listening to try instead of, oh my God, I'm so anxious. Cause like, okay, Hey, maybe now we have the awareness of what's going on inside of us is this is anxiety. Okay, great. So, but that's helpful, of course, but instead of I'm so anxious, which is our very common way of saying like, I'm so happy, I'm so mad, I'm so sad, I'm so tired. Instead of I'm so, or I'm, or I am, it's I'm experiencing sensations of, or I'm experiencing anxiety right now. When we can separate ourselves from the anxiety or the thing that gives us space to actually like realize, realize, of course, that we're not it. And we can actually, we can start to look at that. We can say, oh, okay, yeah, this is a feeling. It's temporary. It's not who I am. It doesn't define me.
0: Thank you for saying that. That is so big. And it's something that we don't pay attention to. Like you mentioned, I think the words I am what you use after I am are just, mm-hmm. just so powerful, and we don't realize how much that has an impact on us because again, we're like using that like, okay, that's me, like this basically my name is anxiety, so it can't go right. anywhere right so that's, we so important. Like, that's
1: how we're it's oh, totally it's it's one of the most important important parts of this, I think, but we the other thing is we can let ourselves off the hook because at the start of. If anyone's like beginning a a journey towards like discovering themselves or learning to love themselves more, it can, we can start out kind of with this judgment about like, yep, well I do that. And oh, there I go again. And it's, I I invite you and whoever is listening to like, just let yourself off the hook because we learned every single thing that we, that we do um, from our upbringing, from our conditions, from our culture, from the world. And so we were taught to how are you? How are you? It's like oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're taught to 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 uh, communicate in this way, and it's, um, yeah. So it's almost like yeah, it's not our fault. And then now that we have the awareness, I think that this work, just a little aside, like all of this work on ourselves and that I help people with is is not about. It's about nothing else but becoming more present and more aware because when we're more present, more aware, then it's, we have, we have the ability to change. We cannot possibly change or work on what we're not aware of.
0: hundred percent and getting to know yourself. And I think that's also an important point because I think that when we are, you know, feeling sad, depressed, lonely, whatever it is, we tend to like over dramatize the situation and think like, this is what the situation is going to look like forever. Like when we're in mm-hmm. that unwanted feeling, I definitely experienced this too, where it's like, I've, you literally feel like that's, that's the rest of your life. Like, I'm going to feel like this forever. (laughs) And like, when you identify with that, it's definitely going to further that. But if you Mm -hmm. say that I'm experiencing this right now, this is a passing feeling, then you allow it to kind of move over you kind of like, um, I heard somebody talk about this, like you're the sky and clouds are passing by and emotions Mm -hmm. are basically the clouds, right? Like we are not, Basically, the emotion is not the sky, it's the cloud, right? So it's going to pass by. So I think that's something really important to remind ourselves when we are feeling in despair in the situation. It never lasts forever because there's always the yin and yang, you know, the good, the bad, the dark, the light. Um, It's always going to shift into something else. Life is always changing. So it's never going to be constant, right? So that's really an important Mm -hmm. reminder too.
1: Yeah. And the only thing that I'll just say to add to that or to kind of like offer up a different point is that, yes, if anxiety is the clouds and we are the sky, then I don't actually think it's not going to, nothing is going to pass by us. It's going to pass through us. And that's really important to me because the only way out is through, I'm sure we've heard this before, but sensations of anything, whether it's sadness, anxiety, fear, um, uh, happiness, joy, anything, they want attention. They want to be, they want to be felt. And the only way we're we're going to give them space to then pass on and move and move through is by going into it and giving it attention and really staying there and being curious about it. Um, and letting the story that the mind wants to make about why it's there. and be, it's because he did this and because usually the situation that's making us feel feel fearful or sad or whatever it is is not actually the real reason. It's triggering something from the past that we never mm. felt in the first place. And so, yeah, I just wanted to make that distinction that pe- we don't actually want things to pass us by. We want them we want these, this energy to pass through us, to move through us, and, and we want to be the c- conscious in that, in that movement.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that point that you made, and that just brought up something like, and I've been working on this a lot in the past year or so, and even just noticing like my interactions with people like the more I heal, the less I react to people or yeah. react to certain things. And that's just something like, for instance, if um, you're having a fight with your spouse about like, you didn't do the dishes, blah, blah, blah. Like it's never about the dishes. <laughs> it's like, right. it's something deeper, right? Like we don't totally. react that way just to dishes. It's going to be something else that's not expressed. Right. So hundred mm-hmm. percent, we usually think that the surface issue was the issue, but never really is.
1: Yeah. And, and, and actually something that, uh, I resonate t- so much with that, uh, that, that as I start to heal, I don't actually react as much as I used to, or I'm noticing myself in the reaction and I'm, I'm more present, but triggers, which is what happens is like, say that he doesn't do the dishes when he said he would, or take out the garbage or whatever it is, That's, that triggers a sense of a reaction inside of you. And then that creates like an outburst or whatever it does. It creates some sort of action. The trigger is just showing us what we still have yet to heal. And not like, it's not like a report card, like, oh, well, you, you're still stuck here. It's, it's, it's just like a gentle reminder. It's there so that we have the opportunity in that moment, that new moment, to feel the feeling in the body that the first time that we felt that, we didn't feel safe to feel. Mm.
0: Yeah. And so you were talking about awareness. That's really where it starts, right? So what are some easy tools that we can use anywhere for feeling this anxiety?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think if we start with, um, I think if we actually do start with awareness and presence, right, we have to, we're not really going to, we have to be aware that we're we're experiencing anxiety, otherwise it's just going to keep taking us over like a wave and we're going to be on autopilot and keep reacting the same way. So the first thing would be to start to cultivate more presence. And of course, meditation is a way and everybody probably knows that and has heard that a thousand times. And yet we still kind of don't all do that. Um, So I have a couple of other suggestions that I think can really be super effective in in like a quick moment to start to create more presence. And the first one is to identify objects around you. And so how that would look is um, at any time of the day, or if you notice that you're starting to get worked up, to take a deep breath and then look around wherever you are, your environment, and then say, you, say you're looking at an object and then say it out loud, flower, and then take a deep breath. Phone, take a deep breath. Like I have crystal here. <laughs> take a deep breath, just start to identify, plant, window, and a deep breath in between everything, even five objects, isn't it? We don't have to do this for 15 minutes. What that does is your brain cannot think about anything else when it's identifying something so we are completely in the present moment even if the very next second it's like whatever and like this and that and then we go back to the next thing that we're identifying and we take a deep breath it's constantly coming back to that object even if it's just one split second and so we're increasing our ability to stay present and stay aware the more we do that and then another, another really great tool that is not like sitting down and meditating for 15 minutes every morning, although that is fantastic, um, is to start to pay attention or invoke your senses. So if you're sitting at a restaurant and I don't know, some, something starts to come over you or you, you just want to start working on it instead of scrolling on your phone, you can start to notice like maybe three things that you can see. And then two things that you can smell and like maybe two to three things that you can hear, one to two things you can touch, um, and then taste like maybe you had a sip of wine and and then like a bite of something. And so when we start to bring it again, this is back into the body, we're, we're becoming so present. Um, and then just one little question that I, that just came in that I feel like I must share because it's here (laughs) is, um is my mind where my body is? Mm. And I think that is so freaking powerful because oftentimes the answer is no. Like 99% <laughs> and, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fine. Like we have to plan for the future. We have to like, you know, work and all the things and, and, and eat and, and everything. But that's a really good question to kind of presence when, uh, whenever you remember it or like leave it on a post-it. I love post-its. I'm a huge fan like on the oh, fridge yeah. or on your computer or in your car is my mind where my body is.
0: I love that question. You know, actually, when you were talking about the like listing objects, I was literally just looking outside and like, <laughs> just looking at like tree and window and I was like feeling so calm. <laughs> it I works know. very well.
1: <laughs> it's amazing how the simple it, and it feels we're really committed, I think as humans to like, needing things to be difficult in order for it to be worth it. And like, like, we, we earn our rest and we earn our happy and we earn our relaxed, but it actually is the simplest things that are going to give us what we really need.
0: Yeah. And that's even like with anything, like for instance, with health, um, we're always going to be looking like, what's the next complicated diet Mm -hmm. we can do Our like supplement but it's like literally if you just like chew your food and um you know <laughs> drink enough water. Yeah, drink enough water, like start there. Like those those little things are gonna go way farther than like the complicated detox that you do once a year or whatever. And yeah, a hundred percent. That's definitely ingrained into our society. Like and, and you know, that comes with anything like health, um, success, business, whatever. The more complicated it is, the more we feel like it's we're worthy of it or whatever. Like the harder we work, the more complicated we make something that's like, oh, we're really smart or whatever. But actually, nowadays, we don't need to complicate things even more. We actually need to make it more simplified because we have enough going on, right? And then we just become overwhelmed. We don't do anything.
1: Yeah. And I just want to touch on that really quickly, um, if that's okay, because a lot of times a lot of times people know that like their mind is, is taking them on a ride and it's like, Oh my God, like, I I can't stop it. Even if I notice it in the moment, I can't stop it. But I want to just, it's almost like letting us ourselves off the hook because again, I mentioned that we learned that, but the brain, the brain is, is, is designed to be efficient and, and it has patterns that are, that are really deep grooves. And so if anxiety or like these thoughts are, a pattern in the mind, the mind is used to like, kind of going in circles around certain topics, then, then we can expect that it's going to continue to happen. Um, and so I just, I feel like it's important to say that it's again, like, it's not our fault that we have anxiety. It's our brain doing what our brain thinks is going to keep us safe. Mm. And, um, our, it actually, it actually has our best interest in mind but it's got the, it wants what we want. Like our, our brain and our, the, the judge that's inside of us and the, the, the person, the part of us that has no compassion and the part of us that like really wants to be perfect and overwork and never rest. Like all those parts of us want what we want, which is like peace and joy and happiness and success and and all and abundance. But it just thinks they just think that like cracking the whip and you know, forcing ourselves into this is what's going to get us there and so we get to now now that we have a greater sense of awareness we get to redirect and say hey actually for like if you're like me 32 years of your life that hasn't actually worked so we're gonna try this way instead (laughs) and so it's almost like I always teach people and like help people with it we're working to to come into relationship with the anxiety inside of us that we feel and these all these different parts of us rather than I think a lot of people are like just push it out of your mind and keep going and just think positively and sure that can be helpful sometimes but if, if we're kind of bypassing what's actually there it's actually about like lifting that part of us up giving it a hug and being like yes I see you you are valid I want to experience you tell me all about it like it's a like it's a three-year-old that wants your attention
0: yeah, your inner child who's having a tantrum, right? Like It's usually like, okay, what do you need to express? You're not being seen, you're not being heard, and it's usually coming back to, as you mentioned, an experience in the past where we either suppressed the emotion, we didn't process it, whatever, and now it's still rearing its head, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Love that, and so in terms of the conventional model, I wanna talk a little bit about this. Um, what is wrong with the approach in the conventional model, in your opinion? Are we addressing it in the right way or the wrong way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think the wrong way. I think anxiety, like anything else in the traditional system, is um, like we're we're it's designed to treat the symptom. Mm -hmm. And that you know this in the health, and if you're if you're into health and that that doesn't work. And and actually further than that, anxiety, if we use that. Um, but really any condition is actually a symptom itself. Mm-hmm. And it's the result of the environment that our bodies are in. And so, for example, if we have a condition like migraines or SIBO, which of both of which I have had, the anxiety would consider that a diagnosis and would treat like the, the SIBO and the migraines. But actually those are just the ways that body, the body responds to what's going on. And with anxiety, it's exactly the same thing. Um, If someone's not managing their stress well or feeling their feelings, which we talked about, then their mind and their body are going to respond to that situation, you know, with however it's going to respond and everybody's body is different, but we have to get, we have to treat and address the root of, of everything, which is the body's environment. And so to me, that means how we're taking care of it mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually.
0: Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because it's really just a symptom. Because again, we're looking even for me when we're talking about you know PCOS, PMS, um,
1: mm.
0: whether it's anxiety, gut issues, like it's really not the problem. That's not the right. problem. It's something underneath. Like our body is actually reacting that way and showing signs to say, "Look at me, mm-hmm. listen That's to me. You're right. not listening to me." Yeah, and so uh, mm-hmm. we're just kind of looking at, "Okay, how do I cure this?" No, you need to look at how do I heal myself? Where am I not, where am I out of balance? Like, where am I not looking at myself, et cetera, right? And I think that's like, those are the most powerful questions you can ask yourself. And that's really what we've been seeing in the holistic model, which is nice to see that it's coming back again. Um, But yeah, 100% agree with that. We're not looking at it in the right way.
1: Yeah. And I also think one of the other uh, biggest, and it's really kind of like there's There's a lot to this, but just quickly, another big reason why we have anxiety or something that creates it is, is that we, this goes along with taking care of the body and how really we aren't most of us doing this to the best of our abilities is rest as well. So we, Mm. I think, I do think that anxiety is kind of like a result of not getting enough rest because if our bodies are constantly tired and our minds are constantly tired and we we're, are and we're keep go, 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 it's really hard to calm down from a state like that. So if we go work, if we work Monday through Friday nonstop, and then we try to relax on Saturday, Sunday, your mind is going to freak the F out because it's going to be like, what? No, 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 no. You're not productive enough. This is not, you're not doing enough. Wait, what about this? And I don't know. It, it, we have to instead get in the habit of having rest within our days so that our nervous system can come down every single day and like things like tv at night or scrolling our phones for seven hours when we get out of work or even during work those things do not allow our nervous system to rest and so if we can build in more rest Even if it's five minutes of closing your eyes and focusing on your breath or putting on a really soothing song and closing your eyes and not looking at your phone while you're sitting at your desk, that is restorative for the body. And that, and when we can start to create, that is like our our homeostasis, like where that is where we feel normal, flipping from like work to rest, work to rest, work to rest, not work, 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 rest, work, 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 rest. It's like we want to try to get up to 50-50. 50% of the time we're we're exerting and putting energy out there and effort and working and hustling and doing. And 50% of the time we're being and resting and restoring and enjoying.
0: Yeah. And that kind of goes against our masculine energy that we're Mm -hmm. always going, 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 but we actually need to remember that the feminine energy is just as important. And that's where we actually receive and that's where we're creative. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of the time we're thinking, oh, but rests are are like whatever, doing things unproductive, quote unquote, is like not productive, but it's actually probably the most productive thing you could do. Um, And I think that we are a society that's deficient in play and rest. I think both of those like we don't do, and those are the best things for stress and something we definitely need to prioritize. And going from what we're talking about in terms of like, Um, like types of stressors too, I think we tend to forget like, you know, the obvious ones like financial stress, work, Mm -hmm. like school. We have to remember that there's like the chemical, there's the physical stress, there's the mental, the emotional stress, like all of these are different. So I hear people say sometimes like, oh, I'm not really stressed, but like (laughs) your body probably is.
1: (laughs) You know, Totally. Well, what happens with that, because I was that person, is that stress becomes your natural state. And so you can't actually Mm -hmm. detect when you are. And that's chronic stress. And that's actually when it actu- when it's the most dangerous because we aren't aware. And so we're not doing anything to manage it because we don't think that we're stressed.
0: Yeah, that's a dangerous one too, because yeah, we just kind of think it's our new normal, right? Or like people mm-hmm. who who will be like, um, just feeling like a zombie during the day or like depleted mm-hmm. or like p- it's simple things like PMS. Like a lot of the time people think that that's normal, but just because it's right. common doesn't mean it's normal. Mm-hmm, and totally. it's just become a normalized state, right? But we actually should be feeling energized, happy, energetic, focused, like all of these are normal states. And when we don't feel that way, then it's like, okay, something's going on. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, just like, just like feelings of happiness and joy, which is what everyone thinks that they want. Um, it, it, we aren't meant to feel that way all the time. I'm not saying that like mm. we should have PMS, PMS some months. If not, no, I actually don't think that PMS is something we need to experience, Um, but like, we don't, we shouldn't expect to always have energy and always have joy and always have happiness because then that expectation, when we do end up feeling happiness and joy and excitement, we're like, Oh, well, it's not going to last. And then we don't allow ourselves to feel it fully. And so then we're constantly in the state of wanting this sensation, this feeling that we think we want so bad. But then when we get it, we, Mm. we, you know, we don't allow ourselves to go there for fear of losing it. But if we just know And if we stay committed to, I'm really like big on this. If we stay committed to feeling and experiencing exactly what's in this present moment right now, then it doesn't, we don't have to, we're not going to worry. It's not attachment. we're not going to worry about if the happiness goes away. We're going to, because emotions are our energy and they're on a spectrum and they're like two sides of the same coin. We need all of them. If we weren't meant to feel the low vibrational ones, like, you know, sadness, anxiousness, despair, anger, all of that, then we would not be able to feel them. We need the extent to which we allow ourselves to feel those is the extent to which we can feel the joy, the happy, the bliss. 100%
0: yep I 100% agree with that in terms of like it ebb and flows right like we can't just expect everything's gonna be like this Mm -hmm. and then it's also chasing that high like you know when you feel like really good state and you're like oh I feel like that all the time and then you Mm -hmm. don't and then you wonder like what's wrong with me or I need to go find something to get back to the high but again it's like allowing that to come up and then I like to see these negative quote-unquote emotions or whatever come up as like feedback to be like okay this is just teaching me something. And then it's obviously not going to last forever. But I like that you mentioned that because we can't just expect to feel happy all the time either. Like that's not realistic either, Mm -hmm. but we don't have to be the opposite spectrum where like, you know, day-to-day life is just like a shit show. Like it doesn't have to be like that.
1: (laughs) Right. And I think what starts to happen when, and what I, what I am witnessing a lot of my clients is like, they they we we stop chasing happy like day one because most people are chasing happiness and like they come to me wanting to be happier whatever we stop chasing that day one and we work on presence and we mm. work on creating more presence and we work on feeling what is presently here in the body today right now in this moment and what ends up happening over time is they're like i'm I am experiencing so much happiness, so much more than I ever had before, but they're not trying to. It's because when we're actually present and aware, we, we start to realize there's so much happiness and joy inside of us that we were not aware of before because we're, we're like running from one thing to the next. We're rushing. We're trying to feel happy when we could actually just choose to sit back and feel the happy that's inside. We're like seeking outside of ourselves for something that's actually already there. And yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a paradox, but uh, I think people, people don't trust themselves enough to that, they're, that that's actually inside. Um, so it's a pretty, pretty awesome evolution that naturally starts to happen.
0: Yeah, that never-ending chase of happiness that we can never actually catch until we slow down, right? I love that
1: hmm
0: Amazing. Well, I think we could keep talking forever, but I would love for <laughs> you to share how uh, my listeners can get in touch with you and how we can find more of your stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty active on Instagram and it's just my first and last name, Amanda Castellone. That's my handle. Um, and actually, really, this is really good timing. I don't know when this episode will air, but I have an anxiety course that I'm coming out with that talks about all of this and so much more and I've got a ton of in-depth practices and um, I mentioned I'm a breathwork facilitator I'm recording a full length breathwork practice for for this course Um, and so that's going to be hopefully launching on November 2nd so maybe by the time this airs it'll already be out or it'll be coming out but um, if you're if a lot of this was resonating and maybe you're like, oh gosh, what do I do next? First of all, I'm in an open book. I would love to hear from you on Instagram and, and DM. I'm always happy to, to chat, but this would probably be a really good next step too.
0: Amazing. The links will be in the show notes so we can check that out. Um, the podcast will air for that launch. So that's amazing. So check that Yay. out. And thank you again so much for coming on, Amanda. That was amazing.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved it. And as usual, if you do enjoy the episode, the podcast, I really appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps my podcast reach more people who need it and to spread my message. So I really appreciate your time for tuning in and I can't wait to share what's coming next, next week.